Section 5 of The Elements of Botany. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lawrence Trask, Mount Vernon, Ohio. InterfaceAudio.com. The Elements of Botany by Asa Gray. Section 5 Roots. It is a property of stems to produce roots. Stems do not produce from roots in ordinary cases, as is generally thought, but roots from stems. When perennial herbs arise from the ground, as they do at springtime, they rise from subterranean stems. The primary root is a downward growth from the root end of the collicle, that is, of the initial stem of the embryo. If it goes on to grow, it makes a main or taproot. Some plants keep this main root throughout their whole life, and send off only small side branches, as in the carrot and radish, and in various trees, like the oak, it takes the lead of the side branches for several years, unless accidentally injured as a strong taproot. But commonly the main root divides off very soon and is lost in the branches. Multiple primary roots now and then occur, as in the seedling of the pumpkin, where a cluster is formed, even at the first, from the root end of the collicle. Secondary roots are those which arise from other parts of the stem. Any part of the stem may produce them, but they most readily come from the nodes. As a general rule, they naturally spring, or may be made to spring, from almost any young stem when placed in favorable circumstances, that is, when placed in the soil, or otherwise supplied with moisture, and screened from the light. For the special tendency of the root is to avoid the light, seek moisture, and therefore bury itself in the soil. Propagation by division, which is so common and so very important in cultivation, depends on the proclivity of stems to strike root. Stems or branches which remain underground give out roots as freely as roots themselves give off branches. Stems which creep on the ground most commonly root at the joints. So will most branches when bent to the ground, as in propagation by layering and propagation by cuttings equally depends upon the tendency of the cut end of a shoot to produce roots. Thus a piece of a plant which has stem and leaves, either developed or in the bud, may be made to produce roots, and so become an independent plant. Contrast between stem and root. Stems are ascending axes, roots are descending axes. Stems grow by the successive development of internodes, one after another, each leaf-bearing at its summit, or node, so that it is of the essential nature of a stem to bear leaves. Roots bear no leaves, are not distinguishable into nodes and internodes, but grow on continuously from the lower end. They commonly branch freely, but not from any fixed points, nor in definite order although roots generally do not give rise to stems and therefore do not propagate the plant exceptions are not uncommon for as stems may produce adventitious buds so also may roots 
the roots of the sweet potato among herbs and of the osage orange among trees freely produce adventitious buds developing into leafy shoots and so these plants are propagated by root cuttings but most growths of subterranean origin which pass for roots are forms of stems the common potato for example roots of ordinary kinds and uses may be roughly classed into fibrous and fleshy fibrous roots such as those of indian corn of most annuals and of many perennials serve only for absorption these are slender or thread-like fine roots of this kind and the fine branches which most roots send out are called rootlets the whole surface of a root absorbs moisture from the soil while fresh and new and the newer roots and rootlets are the more freely do they imbibe accordingly as long as the plant grows above the ground and expands fresh foliage from which moisture largely escapes into the air so long it continues to extend and multiply its roots in the soil beneath renewing and increasing the fresh surface for absorbing moisture in proportion to the demand from above and when growth ceases above ground and leaves die and fall or no longer act then the roots generally stop growing and their soft and tender tips harden from this period therefore until growth begins anew the next spring is the best time for transplanting especially for trees and shrubs the absorbing surface of young roots is much increased by the formation near their tips of root hairs which are delicate tubular outgrowths from the surface through the delicate walls of which moisture is promptly imbibed fleshy roots are those in which the root becomes a storehouse of nourishment typical roots of this kind are those of such biennials as the turnip and carrot in which the food created in the first season's vegetation is accumulated to be extended the next season in a vigorous growth and rapid development of flowers fruit and seed by the time the seed is matured the exhausted root dies and with it the whole plant fleshy roots may be single or multiple the single root of the commoner biennials is the primary root or taproot which begins to thicken in the seedling names are given to its shapes such as conical when it thickens most at the crown or where it joins the stem and tapers regularly downwards to a point as in the parsnip and carrot turnip-shaped or napiform when greatly thickened above but abruptly becoming slender below as the turnip and spindle-shaped or fusiform when thickest in the middle and tapering to both ends as in the common radish these examples are of primary roots it will be seen that turnips carrots and the like are not pure root throughout for the colicle from the lower end of which the root grew partakes of the thickening perhaps also some joints of stem above so the bud bearing and growing top is stem a fine example of secondary roots some of which remain fibrous for absorption while a few thicken and store up food for the next season's growth is furnished by the sweet potato as stated above 
these are used for propagation by cuttings for any part will produce adventitious buds and shoots the dahlia produces fascicled i e clustered fusiform roots of the same kind at the base of the stem but these like most roots do not produce adventitious buds the buds by which dahlias are propagated belong to the surviving base of the stem above anomalous roots as they may be called are those which subserve other uses than absorption food storing and fixing the plant to the soil aerial roots those that strike from stems in the open air are common in moist and warm climates as in the mangrove which reaches the coast of florida the banyan and less strikingly in some herbaceous plants such as sugar-cane and even in indian corn such roots reach the ground at length or tend to do so aerial rootlets are abundantly produced by many climbing plants such as the ivy poison ivy trumpet creeper etc springing from the side of stems which they fasten to trunks of trees walls or other supports these are used by the plant for climbing epiphytes or air plants are called by the former name because commonly growing upon the trunks or limbs of other plants by the latter because having no connection with the soil they must derive their sustenance from the air only they have aerial roots which do not reach the ground but are used to fix the plant to the surface upon which the plant grows they also take a part in absorbing moisture from the air parasitic plants of which there are various kinds strike their roots or what answer to roots into the tissue of foster plants or form attachments with their surface so as to prey upon their juices of this sort is the mistletoe the seed of which germinates on the bough where it falls or is left by birds and the forming root penetrates the bark and engrafts itself into the wood to which it becomes united as firmly as a natural branch to its parent stem and indeed the parasite lives just as if it were a branch of the tree it grows and feeds on a most common parasitic herb is the daughter which abounds in low grounds in summer and coils its long and slender leafless yellowish stems resembling tangled threads of yarn round and round the stalks of other plants wherever they touch piercing the bark with minute and very short rootlets in the form of suckers which draw out the nourishing juices of the plants laid hold of other parasitic plants like the beech drops and pine sap fasten their roots underground upon the roots of neighboring plants and rob them of their juices some plants are partly parasitic while most of their roots act in the ordinary way others make suckers at their tips which grow fast to the roots of other plants and rob them of nourishment some of our species of gerardia do this there are phanerogamous plants like monotropa or indian pipe the roots of which feed mainly on decaying vegetable matter in the soil these are saprophytes and they imitate mushrooms and other fungi in their mode of life duration of roots etc roots are said to be either annual biennial or perennial 
as respects the first and second these terms may be applied either to the root or to the plant annuals as the name denotes live for only one year generally for only a part of the year they are of course herbs they spring from the seed blossom mature their fruit and seed and then die root and all annuals of our temperate climates with severe winters start from the seed in spring and perish at or before autumn where the winter is a moist and growing season and the summer is dry winter annuals prevail their seeds germinate under autumn or winter rains grow more or less during winter blossom fructify and perish in the following spring or summer annuals are fibrous rooted biennials of which the turnip beet and carrots are familiar examples grow the first season without blossoming usually thicken their roots laying up in them a stock of nourishment are quiescent during the winter but shoot vigorously blossom and seed the next spring or summer mainly at the expense of the food stored up and then die completely annuals and biennials flower only once hence they have been called monocarpic that is once fruiting plants perennials live and blossom year after year a perennial herb in a temperate or cooler climate usually dies down to the ground at the end of the season's growth but subterranean portions of stem charged with buds survive to renew the development shrubs and trees are of course perennial even the stems and branches above ground live on and grow year after year there are all gradations between annuals and biennials and between these and perennials as also between herbs and shrubs and the distinction between shrubs and trees is quite arbitrary there are perennial herbs and even shrubs of warm climates which are annuals when raised in a climate which has a winter being destroyed by frost the castor oil plant is an example there are perennial herbs of which only small portions survive as offshoots or in the potato as tubers etc end of section five recording by lawrence trask mount vernon ohio interfaceaudio.com